Hey everyone, and welcome to the Bible Breakdown Podcast. In this podcast, we will be breaking down the Bible one chapter a day. Whether you are a new believer or have been following Christ for a while, we believe that you will learn something new and fresh every single day. So thank you for joining us, and let's get into breaking down the Bible together. Well, thank you, sir, and welcome to the Bible Breakdown. This is Pastor Brandon, and I am so excited to be with you today. Man, the more we dig, the more we find. God's Word is amazing. The Bible says of itself, it is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, which means it will hurt your feelings, but it does it for all the right ways, right? And I'm going to tell you something, man. If we could just just get into God's Word, it's, it's amazing what God's Word will do. Even in the least read book of the Bible, the book of Leviticus. Let me get an amen out there. Now, the Leviticus <laughs> is brutal. It is, it is, oh, there's, there's skin diseases for everybody. You get a skin disease and you get a skin disease. And God gives us the sex talk. He does all kinds of things. And today is the day we're getting started. So I'm going to get out of the way so we can get started. But this is my present self talking to or about my past self. What you're about to hear is you're about to hear the first of many Leviticus videos. I did these in the past, and instead of starting not in Leviticus, I wanted to give these to you because, man, God did so much in our church as we read this together. And so learning about these Old Testament things helps us understand the New Testament. So you owe it to yourself to make it through the book of Leviticus. And here's a secret. If you speed my voice up to double, now I'm a fast talker anyway, you speed my voice up to double, you can get through it. I want to encourage you to not do that if possible. I shouldn't have told you. But because there's really some good stuff in the book of Leviticus. So I'm going to get out of the way. I'm going to be quiet. Hope you enjoy Leviticus chapter 1. And I'll see you on the other side. Well, hello. My name is Brandon Cannon. And I want to try something. I want to be maybe a tour guide and walk with you through the Bible so that we can know God's Word, then we can follow God's Word, and then we can share God's Word with everyone that we meet. And I, maybe the best book to start off with would be any other book besides the one that we're going to start with today. But I would like to be your tour guide through the book of Leviticus. Now, before you turn this off, I do realize that this is probably the least read book in the entire Bible, but it actually has a lot of really, really good things, and I want to share this with you. So first, I want to tell you a little bit about what I'm doing. Imagine with me that we're sitting at a coffee table right now, and I've got a cup of coffee. You have a cup of coffee. If you don't have a cup of coffee, you've got water, soda, you got something. And we're just having a conversation about God's Word together. I love God's Word. I believe that God's Word is objective truth. We can build our life on it. And the way you know that God's Word works is put it to work in your life, and you'll see what God's Word can do. And we talk about that a lot when it comes to the New Testament, but what about the Old Testament? Well, I feel like that the Old Testament is so vitally important because it helps us understand what the New Testament is even talking about. This is the building blocks for our faith. And so I would like to just walk with you through one of the most challenging books of the Old Testament because I don't want you to skip it. There's good things here. So what we're going to do 
is for each chapter, and there's 27 chapters, I want to just meet with you, and we're going to walk through it. I'm going to kind of tell you what to look for, and then I'm going to read it to you, and we're just going to go through it together. And so some of it is going to be easy. We're going to have fun. Some of it's disgusting and gross, but we're going to do it together and see if we can pull something out of it. And the goal behind this is just to journey through this. Let me be your tour guide. Stop and explain as we go, and you read along with me. So I would encourage you to get a Bible. Now, if you're reading this while you're driving or whatever, please keep your eyes on the road. But if you have a way to do it, get out your Bible. I'm going to be reading out of the New Living Translation, and let's read through this together, okay? So here we go. Chapter 1 of the book of Leviticus. Now, to start off with, why in the world would God inspire a rule book? Because that's basically what this is. This is uh, ideas around having perfect worship. More than ideas, it's commands that God is saying. And so why would God do this? Well, let me give you an example. I have two daughters, and as of this recording, both of them are getting about the age where it's time for them to drive. I'm one of those parents that look forward to the time when my my kids can drive. I want them to. I want them to get out and explore the world and all the things. However, in order for them to drive, I also want them to be safe. But I don't want them to not be able to go anywhere. I want them to go everywhere, but I want them to understand the rules of the road so that they can have the freedom to go wherever they want to go. I want them to understand when to stop and when to go, when to yield, when to turn left, all these different things. I want them to understand that the rules of the road are not to stop them from going and exploring, but to guide them as they go. That's exactly what the book of Leviticus was all about. Imagine with me. Everybody in your family tree that you've ever known was a slave. For 400 years, the nation of Israel had been slaves under Egyptian bondage. Now, the same people who were born into slavery, now they're free. But they have no taskmasters over them. They have nobody telling them what to do. And so what God is interested in is in keeping them free. And for 40 years, they're going to be wandering in the wilderness. And so he needs to teach them how to worship him so he can be close to his people. What to do if they got sick, where they should go if this happens, where they should go if that happens. Because without the book of Leviticus, by the end of the 40 days of wandering, there wouldn't have been any Israelites to inhabit the promised land. They would have all been dead of disease, starvation, or they would have ended up being overtaken by a neighboring country because they would not have been able to take care of themselves. So the book of Leviticus is God setting up his law so that a free nation could stay free. So the first thing is, is he is helping them keep their freedom. The second thing is, is he is also taking care of the little things. It is such an encouraging thing as I read through this to see that God says, I want you to worship me the right way so that we can be close together. God is interested in telling us what to do because he knows the best way for us. So as we read through this, even when we look at you know, infectious skin diseases and bodily discharges, these people didn't know what to do with this. They're out in a desert and they need someone to lead them and guide them. And so God loved them enough to give them these instructions. Remember that because it's going to get disgusting (laughs) from time to time. So here we go. Now that we have this kind of idea in our mind, let's look at chapter one of the book of Leviticus. You can really look at it as broken up into three different sections. Verse one and two is going to be an introduction to the sacrificial system. Verse three through nine 
is going to be about burnt offerings for like cows and different kinds of livestock that would be in a herd. And then verses 10 through 13 is animals that are flock, like goats and sheep. Now, the reason for this is because whenever you would sin, you had to come before the Lord and offer a sacrifice to pay the price for your sin. And God wanted this to work. So in order to, for it to work, you had to do it the right way. And so I'm going to read this to you, and then I'll explain it to you as, as we go. So verse 1 and 2, I want you just to hear that what God is saying is, is he particularly, him specifically, is laying this out because he wants to make sure we get it right. So here we go. Verse 1, the word of the Lord, Leviticus chapter 1, verse 1 says, The Lord called to Moses from the tabernacle and said to him, Give the following instructions to the people of Israel. When you present an animal as an offering to the Lord, you may take from it your herd or your cattle or your flock or your sheep and your goats. So the first thing he's saying is, don't be a thief. (laughs) Don't steal. Take it from what you already have. I'm going to bless you so you always have enough to do what I need you to do. So already, what an amazing statement. Hey, I'm going to bless you to a point that you're always going to be able to offer this. So take from what you have and now here's how you come and worship me. And so he's going to talk about in verse three through nine about what you do if you're going to sacrifice a bull or a, um, a calf or something like that. And most of the time, burnt offerings were for sin. So this wasn't for anything else. And so if you came and you sinned, this is what you had to do. So verse three through nine says this, if an animal you present as a burnt offering is from the herd, it must be a male with no defects. Bring it to the entrance of the tabernacle so you may be accepted by the Lord. Lay your hand on the animal's head and the Lord will accept its death in your place to purify you and to make you right with him. Then slaughter the young bull in the Lord's presence and Aaron's sons, the priests, will present the animal's blood by splattering it against all sides of the altar that stand at the entrance of the temple. Pause. That's disgusting. All right, here we go. Verse six, then the skin and animal will be cut into pieces. Verse seven, the sons of Aaron, the priest, will build a fire, a wood fire on the altar. Verse eight, they will arrange its pieces of the offering, including the head and the fat on the wood burning on the altar. Verse nine, but the internal organs and the legs must first be washed with water. Then the priest will burn the entire sacrifice on the altar as a burnt offering. It is a special gift, a pleasing aroma to the Lord. We'll talk about why it's a pleasing aroma in just a moment. But you notice what he was doing is he was telling them, when you place your hands on the head, symbolically, you are transferring your sins over to the sins of that animal. So what they would have to do, and we'll learn this later, is once a year, they'd have to go up to the temple and they would do this. And they were to try to remember every single sin they committed. Then they transfer it to to the head of that animal. And then when they slaughter that animal, that animal is dying in their place. Sounds a whole lot like what Jesus did for us, right? Okay, verse 10 through 13 says this. If an animal you present as a burnt offering is from a flock, it may either be a sheep or a goat, but it must be male with no defects. Verse 11, slaughter the animal on the north side of the altar in the Lord's presence, and Aaron's sons, the priests, will splatter its blood against all sides of the altar. Verse 12, then cut the animal in pieces, and the priest will arrange the pieces of the offering, including the head and the fat, on the wood burning altar, or the wood burning on the altar. Verse 13, but the internal organs and the legs must be washed with water. 
Then the priest will burn the entire sacrifice on the altar as a burnt offering. It is a special gift, a pleasing aroma to the Lord. Once again, you're placing your hand, you are imparting the sin symbolically over to that animal. And when you do that, it's a sweet smelling aroma to the Lord. All right, let's finish this up. Verse 14 through 17. If you present a bird as a burnt offering to the Lord, choose either a turtle dove or a young pigeon. The priest will take the bird to the altar, wring off its head, and burn it on the altar. But first, he must drain its blood against the side of the altar. Pause. That's gross, okay? But it was also necessary because that would mean that it would kill the bird instantaneously because there would be no pain for the bird. God was not interested in inflicting misery on these animals. They were taking the place of the people, okay? So here we go. Back to it. Verse 16. The priest must also remove the crop and the feathers and throw them in the ashes on the east side of the altar. Then, grasping the bird by its wings, the priest will tear the bird open, but without tearing it apart. Verse 17, then he will burn it as a burnt offering on the wood burning on the altar. It is a special gift, a pleasing aroma to the Lord. Now, let me explain what pleasing aroma means and then a couple of takeaways we can take from chapter one of the book of Leviticus. God was not interested in causing misery and pain to these animals. God was interested in making things right between that Israelite and himself. But sin had separated them from a holy God. And the only thing that would make that person right was the shedding of blood. And so what God was saying is, is I don't want you to die, but something has to die in your place. That's just the way it works. And so what you need to understand is that your sin is so important and it's so dangerous and deadly that it's going to require a death. So when this happens, it puts you back in right standing with me. And now we are able to be close together again. So that sweet smelling aroma was God being able to be reconciled back to his creation for the next foreseeable future until he started to sin again. So it wasn't, God was not enjoying the death of these animals. He was enjoying the reconciliation he was able to have with his creation again. So here are three quick takeaways we can take from chapter one of the book of Leviticus. Number one is that God's word is objective. It's observable. God is not interested in our opinion. God is not interested in how we feel about it. God's word sets the tone. And then we do this primarily because he said so. The nation of Israel did not know how to take care of themselves. They did not know how to worship God properly. And so God doesn't say these are really good ideas. God's word is commanding and it's saying, do this because... And that may sound difficult to a bunch of rebellious people, which is what we all are without the goodness of God, but God sets the standard because he knows what's good for us. God puts guardrails in our life, not to take away our fun, but to say, I don't want you to fall off the cliff. And so I'm going to tell you very clearly what to do, and then you have to make a choice. So God's word is objective. Number two is when we see that pleasing aroma, then what we realize is when we repent of our sin, And that's exactly what these sacrifices were doing for these Israelites was repenting. It is sweet to the Lord. The Lord wants to be close to us. And so when we repent of our sin, we are pleasing to the Lord. And then number three is imagine for a moment the Israelite who comes to the temple to confess to God that he has sinned. And then he watches an animal slaughtered in front of him. And then the very next day, He has an opportunity to sin again. 
Do you think that just for a moment, he's going to think twice because he saw what that sin cost him? I think maybe he would. I think any normal person would see this animal slaughtered because of something that this innocent animal slaughtered because of something that this person did and go, you know, maybe I don't want to run around on my wife. Maybe I don't want to do this other thing because sin's expensive. And that's exactly what we should think about when we think about what it costs Jesus. Because when we look at this brutal slaughtering of these animals, that's what Jesus did for all of us. He stood in that place for us. And so when we are, we want to go away from the Lord and we want to sin, we should think about what it costs Jesus. And then out of our love and gratitude for the Lord, we say, no, I'm not going to sin because of what it cost Jesus to die to wash away that sin. So that's what we're going to do over the next several chapters is I'm going to read it to you. I'm going to stop and talk about it. As I do more of these, I'll probably get in a little bit better flow. But today, it's just that idea of sitting here together and doing this. And so I would like to know from you, what did you get out of this? As you soak through these different chapters, as you read through them, what stood out to you? What is an application you can take away? And what can you turn into a prayer for the Lord today? I look forward to hearing about it as we continue to talk and in the comment section of these, of these audio video things I'm putting together. And I'll see you next time for Leviticus chapter 2.